This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Tuesday the 1st of December. December? December. How are we here? Justin, get this one. Aussies did a lot of revenge shopping over the last four (laughs) days across Black Friday and Cyber Monday Mm -hmm. with the National Retail Association projecting a record-breaking weekend of around, you know, $5.3 billion in sales. I must say, I'm included in that. Brett, (laughs) this one is close to our heart. The Victorian government is banning banks from running school banking programs like Combank's Dolomites. Ooh. And that's because they're purely aimed at getting new customers. Justin, three truly fascinating stories today. Let's do it. For our first, China has whacked Australian winemakers with tariffs of up to 212% Ooh. on Australian wine exports. Gee whiz, this is turning into a bit of a boxing match. What is the story here? <laughs> All right, well, here's the TLDR. Mm-hmm. First, Australia kind of upset China earlier this year when the Gov called for an investigation into the origins of COVID. Then, China, in an act of rage, punished (laughs) Australian businesses selling in China. I.e., they suspended some imports of beef and wheat. Then, in August, Australia blocked the sale of the Australian company Lion Dairy and Drinks Mm -hmm. to a Chinese company. Because it would have been contrary to the national interest. But now, Australian winemakers have been hit hard by China. Yep, Chinese regulators have said they will impose heavy tariffs on Australian wines. Tariffs being taxed taxes that are imposed on imports. That's right. So what's the key learning here? China is by far the biggest importer of Australian wine. Talk me through the numbers, Brett. Okay, mainland China alone makes up 39% of Australia's total wine exports. So there's no doubt this is a devastating blow to those businesses who trade with China in the wine industry. Now get this one. The owner of Australian brand Penfolds, Mm -hmm. Treasury Wine Estates, they're looking at a wipeout of more than 30% of their annual profits as a result of the tariff. For our second story, TV ratings for 2020 came to an end this weekend, and this year's big winner was The Nine Network. Ah, things are definitely changing in TV land, Justin, mm-hmm. so tell me more. What's the story? Well, no doubt, it was definitely a tough year for the ad market, but The Nine Network has won the TV ratings for a second year in a row. And uh, who did the heavy lifting for Nine this year? The Block, mm. Married at First Sight, and of course, Lego Masters. <laughs> Who'd have thunk that Lego Masters could become such a hit? <laughs> My tip for next year, Brett, Monopoly Mayhem. <laughs> Nine accounted for 27.7% of the free-to-air TV ratings, edging out seven's 27.2% just slightly. And then Daylight in third place was 10 with just 18%. So what's the key learning here? We've all heard of Subscription Video On Demand, or SVOD. Think Netflix, Stan, Disney+. Plus. But for the free-to-air TV channels, it's all about BVOD, Broadcaster Video On Demand. This is where shows broadcasted on TV become a Available on demand in streaming. Get this, Justin. Last year's The Bachelor with Matt Agnew generated more than 20% of its total audience from BVOD rather than people watching it on their television. Interesting. And according to PwC, the BVOD advertising market in Australia is projected to be worth around $200 million this year. For our third and final story, global payments giant Stripe is in talks to receive new investment at a valuation of at least $95 billion. This is monstrous. Tell me more. Okay, so Stripe is one of those companies you don't see, but they do a lot. Mm -hmm. They basically provide digital payments infrastructure to businesses. They run the payment systems for Amazon, Mm -hmm. Shopify, and Slack, just to name a few. And now this new investment will give them even more firepower to make more acquisitions 
acquisitions in 2021. So tell me, what is the key learning here? One of the main reasons a company stays private is there are much fewer requirements for reporting and compliance. For example, a public company in Australia would be subject to annual reporting mm -hmm. and third-party auditing, which is incredibly onerous and incredibly boring. <laughs> and reveals some of your inner workings and secrets and things you're not proud of. So the fact that Stripe continues to raise money from private investors rather than going public via an IPO is pretty interesting. And it's likely a sign that the company is not keen to take on extra compliance and reporting requirements. Fluxfam, don't forget to check out the epic giveaway we are running on Instagram right now, valued at 450 smackaroonies. If you like coffee, we've got it. If you like wine, we got it. If you like donuts, we absolutely got it. And uh, if you like Pilates to burn all that good stuff mm -hmm. off, we got that too. So hit us up at Flux.finance on Insta to check it out. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.